You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. We preserve the history and sport of hunting through curious conversation and action-packed hunts, as well as offering you tips and strategy for more successful hunts. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. This is episode number 129, Hunt Talk episode number 15. I'm Christian Babcock, your host, joined by an esteemed co-host, a a repeat appender of the podcast, but someone we haven't heard from in a while, a familiar face, but an unfamiliar voice. Jake Gaylord, how are you doing, sir? Hold the applause. Hold the applause. (laughs) The only applause, I think Carol's the one that usually gets the applause, but I will have the audience hold. Man, um... Dude, I I, I I genuinely don't think we've had... I'm trying to think of the last time that we did a pod together. Me, you, and Carol not, hopped on one not, not too long ago. Oh. It was it, it was after you and Carol talked about Kansas. Or, no, 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 uh, Southeast. And then oh. we talked about Kansas. That was like last week. Dude. You, you're already having withdrawals from me. <sighs> I just haven't it's talked fine. to you enough. It's, it's, it's okay. Fine. It's okay. So... You'll be here Sunday. That's true. So we do have some uh, some hunts coming up. And I think we're going to end up going to Kansas for a little while. Um, probably do some some doe hunting and for you, some buck hunting in Oklahoma. I but the special for me, the special doe day is coming around. So I'm excited about that. But what we wanted to talk about today was the last time we did a hunt talk episode, we were talking about basically this last uh, leg of our rutcation trip. So the second week of November in Kansas. And a lot of things have happened since then. I've hunted three times since our rut trip. It seems like you've hunted a hundred times. It felt it feels like it, yeah. It probably feels like a hundred times. So I think what we're gonna spend the majority of this episode talking about today is Jake's experience on one of his lease properties. We've picked up picked up several of those in the last season. So had a had had some pretty good high expectations, some high hopes for these properties in the in the summer, but we, so let, let's just break it down this way. We came home from our Kansas trip. Everyone's probably super hunted out because we hunted for like 10 plus days. How long did you take off after our Kansas rutcation trip before you got back after it? Uh, yeah, on the lease, I would say, I, I think like three, maybe four days. And for a while, I didn't hunt mornings. So Why? You know, the Lord said, hey, be an evening hunter for a little bit. Be, and I be said, sleep. Okay. Get your yep. sleep. Yep, yep. So that's what I did. Uh, I think the main reason I didn't, like, I kind of took those three or four-day break is because, I mean, you know how it is. Like, you get home and you're absolutely exhausted. But I was also playing catch-up at work. So uh, that kind of took a little bit of time because I was really slacking off and then I had to, like, be like, hey, look, I'm still here. You know, I'm still doing a good job. I'm employable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I get back in their good graces. And I think we all had our, our sights set on one, like, um, this summer. So, Carol had his sights set on that really narrow racked one that he ended up killing with the split eye guard. Like, for some reason, he really liked that buck. I fell in love with the six by seven for just because for good reasons. One, I only shoot narrow rack deer. That's kind of like my thing. <laughs> and then two, 
a lot of points. I guess that's every every whitetail hunter's dream. But there was one deer in particular on the lease that you fell in love with as a three-year-old. This is going to have to take us all the way back to 2021. Where does the where's the love for that buck start? So and, this one, and describe him for us. All right. So starting with 2021, he was just a nice mainframe ten point. Uh, he looked really. He looked like he had really good potential, but we all agreed, like, we think he was still young. He was, like, three years old. So, but still yet, I'm I'm uh, an inches above age kind of guy. <laughs> oh, no. So, uh, Canceled. I mean, Canceled. Listen, I, I know I know you and Carol are completely, complete opposite, but I'm an inches over age kind of guy. That's just, I, as of right now, I'm Until the wall years old. Builds. Exactly. Maybe when I'm 35, I'll have a change of heart, but right now, inches over age. But... Uh, you know, so we got him on camera during the summer and he was just a nice mainframe 10. He had decent time length. I mean, three-year-old, you could just tell like his time length just wasn't all the way there, but he still looked really good. Like probably mid one twenties had nice eye guards, which is kind of rare around here. And, uh, I was like, you know, everybody's saying, give him the pass, but I'm going to wait till I get him on hoof and then make a judgment call. Usually that's not the best idea because, deer get you excited and then you they always look bigger on yeah nine times out of ten you end up shooting it but uh i was lucky lucky enough to first see this buck obviously on camera but on the hoof it was during rifle season and i seen him out in the field and this was this was after i shot that eight point last year over the decoy and the corn Mm. pile so i didn't have much of a trigger finger i did but you know it was kind of your itch, your itch to kill something had been scratched for a little bit, so you didn't right. have to, you didn't have to go shoot a nice young buck to satisfy right. you. Yeah, so ended up seeing him in the middle of this field, like seven hundred yards out, and I was like, "Damn, that's a good buck!" And you know, zooming in on him, he ended up not coming in, which is probably a good thing because I had Abby there, and we were trying to get her a buck. So uh, he, he would have felt he would have fell victim to Abby if he would have came yeah, too close. Yeah, yeah. So uh, nonetheless. A few evenings go by, and I sat in another spot, the OG spot that uh, you and I hunted previously. And I seen a glimpse of him and a little bit of that thicker stuff. I could just see his kind of his rack, you know, and he was just working through that thick stuff, and I knew it was him. So I did that for like a couple evenings in a row. He did the same exact thing every single time. And I was like, well, I could go a little bit further up here north along this tree line, and just try to catch him and maybe get a better look at him. Cause if he's going to do the same exact thing every day, you know, I got to be adaptable. I got to move. So that's what I did. I walked in there. This is before I had my saddle, sadly. And, uh, I had a climber. No, no, no. I didn't even have a climber. I had a hang on and the sticks. So I knew about three 30 every day he was going to come through here. And so about one 30, I went out there and I was like, okay, I got to hang. I got to hang. And I walked around there for like 30 minutes. And this isn't a very big bedding area. <laughs> probably, probably a few acres though, right? Four or five uh, acres, something like that. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And it's so thick in there, like I couldn't hang a... Yeah, I bring a hang on in there. It's so thick, I can't hang anything. So what I do is I think, like I'm running out of time. It's like maybe 2.30. And I know he comes out at 3.30 on the dot, like around there at least. So I'm like, I'm running out of time. What I so I just decided to sit on the ground and I was had my left shoulder on 
this like little slim tree it probably wasn't even as big around as me, which is a bad idea, but limited options in there, like for shooting lanes and stuff like that. And plus where I knew he would probably be coming through at. And I was just setting on a log and that, that was basically my only cover. So, but I knew he was going to be coming from a, a specific little trail. So I was like, by the time he gets here, it's probably going to be too late for him. Well, 3.30 rolls around and I see some doe working through this thick stuff because by then it's like maybe maybe December, it's after rifle season. I have my bow. And I see deer working through the timber and I'm like, okay, those are the deer. He hung out with the same doe, like a little dink, and then it was him. Those does start working towards me and they're taking their sweet time. We'll speed things up a little bit. Yeah, he was floating around in the timber with those with that group. Something spooked him out in the field. I don't know if it was a coyote whether it was a neighbor, like driving a tractor, I don't know. But they spooked, and they started running into the thicker stuff, the bedding where they came out from. So I'm sitting there, and I can I, I glass them through the binos. I could see them, and I, was, and I was just sitting there just grunting at them. Well, when I did that, there's another buck I had on there. He was an even bigger 10-point, the actual one I was after. And he came walking out. Long story short, he gets like 15 yards from me, and I'm just sitting there like a standstill. He spooks, takes off. But I seen both of those bucks, mainly that smaller tin. That's the focus of the story. So I hang another stand or actually hang a ladder stand, trim, trim a few trees, hang a ladder stand there and dump out some corn. Just try to get him come in. And sure enough, like, yeah, yeah. A few days later, uh, I was sitting there and he comes out and I give him the old pass because I'm like, you know what? He's young. He's been consistent on this property all year. He's a nice mainframe 10, mid 120s, just like we were thinking. And then fast forward to this summer, we're getting pictures oh, of him. Hold on. We got to pause there. What? How many times have we decided to pass 125 inch 10 before this? I don't know. About this many times. Yeah, <laughs> so I remember when you sent, uh, I think you sent that footage and it's actually uh it's actually really good footage of that deer we've put it i think we've put it in a lot of TikToks. a lot of tiktoks some probably some videos too but um man that was the kind of deer this is why we were so excited about him this year is that was the kind of deer that you look at as a three-year-old and you're like man one more year that deer is going to be a beast two more years we're talking about a giant like Maybe one sixties in two years. Yes. Like we're looking, you know, every, for the majority of deer, they kind of all want to be an eight point. So when you see a 10, it's already rare. Mm -hmm. When you see a 10 with five and a half, six inch eye guards as a three-year-old, you're like, that deer needs to be like, you need to put like a force field around it, protect it at yeah. all costs. Cause like that is the kind of deer that is going to turn people's heads as a three-year-old. You know uh, what I mean? Around the lease, I guarantee you, Nine, at least 90% of people, especially the neighbors, probably would have shot that deer, which is sad. I mean, it ain't sad. Like, like I don't blame them because I wanted to shoot it. But there's there's a feeling you get that I don't want to get anymore because I've shot smaller deer, and I've shot deer sometimes just to shoot, to just itch that finger, you know. And then when you walk up to it, you're like, man, this that was fun, but I don't like, you know, I'm, I'm not like – super proud like you are but you know what i mean like you get that feeling of almost like a little bit of rem of like remorse and the, i don't yeah. like feeling that i'd rather not shoot something than than honestly feel that 
Yeah. And I feel like that would have been a great buck to shoot, but knowing what I knew, like he was heavy on that property during the summer. I seen him already multiple times and I was like, you know what? Rifle season's already over. This deer probably made it through. It's probably going to make like finish out the rest of the year alive. So that's what we went with. Yeah. We were excited about that one. I think every year, you know, as the shed season starts rolling around and as people uh, start, you know, taking inventory in the summer, like you start getting those first early velvet pictures. People are like, oh, is that that deer? Everybody has that buck that they're looking for the next year. Mine was the six by seven. That one was yours. And so let's fast forward to the summer. Like we talked about summer 2022, everybody kind of had their target buck from the previous year that they kind of wanted to go after. When was the first time you got confirmation that you knew that deer was alive? Uh, I don't know. I just know. It, I mean, because I kind of, I think oh, set out cameras. I know what it was. Spoiler alert. I got a better memory than you. You do. Remember? <laughs> do you remember when you went shed hunting? Yes. And you found that deadhead and you said you jumped him out of that bedding area. Oh, yeah, yeah. I For thought shed? you meant like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was in did, spring, obviously. But what yeah. about what about the summer? Summer. So, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of. Uh, backtrack a little bit to what you're talking about yeah i went shed hunting out there found a deadhead and i thought i found a deadhead from a few years ago when i shot a buck Heck, that was like in 2017 and i was years ago yeah and yeah found that and i was like this is the same buck and i sent it to you and we were going through the old footage and ended up not being that buck but it was still a good buck but still a big old seven though yeah it was so as i was back there uh looking for shed and stuff i jumped that buck with a few doe and this was in the spring, but it was kind of odd because he was still holding on to was that in March? I think it was in March, which it might not be odd. I'm not a big shed guy, I'll be honest. That's getting to that point where you know you would expect 95% of the deer not to have horns. Yeah. But it was a hundred percent him. I knew that for a fact. And uh yeah, fast forward to the summer. It's I think I sent you a couple deer that I was like, do you think that's the 10? Do you think that's the 10? And each time you're like, I don't think so. You know, I don't think so. And then you're like, it could be. And then as soon as I seen him, like, and he was even missing an eye guard when I first got a picture of him. Cause I don't think I got a picture of him in velvet. So it was after velvet by the time I got confirmation that he made it through and he's actually stayed on the property, but he blew up. And I think he, 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 he I think he added 15 to 20 inches. Do you not? Know yeah, well, we always talk about deer. Um, I think if you look at a lot of the data, especially some of the stuff that the QDM, uh, or actually the National Deer Association now, that they've published, deer typically make their, on average, make their biggest jump from three and a half to four and a half in antler size, right? Mm. Um, he was a textbook example of that. Went from a mid-120s to the more that we look at and the better the daylight pictures we saw of him, with a complete rack, this deer could have been in the low fifties. If if he would have his other eye guard, I would I would almost like feel confident that he he would just barely scratch one fifties. Okay, so we're talking about a twenty five inch jump um, from three and a half to four and a half, and then just like we talked about, possibly being in the one sixties. If a deer makes a twenty five inch jump in a year, what's it to make another ten? Yeah, you know? yeah, and he could still be alive because I last picture I got of him. Okay, well. We'll get to that, I guess. We'll get to that. that. So you got the first confirmation of him. Antlers are already broke. The the one eye guard is broke. I think it's the the right right eye guard. Um, But I remember in the summer, you were sending me pictures. Like you sent me pictures of 
like a probably a low 30s type 10 and mm-hmm. he was like shorter timed like he had like maybe decent eye guards but one thing about deer that a lot of folks notice and one thing i've noticed is it seems like deer keep the same eye guard characteristics their whole life you know if they're like a long eye guard buck they always have long eye guards short eye guard buck they kind of always have short and when we when you always send me those, them pictures i was just thinking like no those aren't that's not that's not the deer that's not the deer. And your, your deer was a lot more framey. Which I knew that at the time, but you know, when you're the one receiving you the hope. pictures, you want it to be him. You want it to be him. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you got the first picture of him post velvet. He's already broke. When's, when did you start hunting him? Uh, October 1st when it's legal. Duh. But no. we didn't, we didn't hunt much in Oklahoma. And no, I no, we didn't. And that's what, that's what's kind of unfortunate because, uh, I think when I first got pictures of them, uh, obviously September, August, and all that stuff, not one picture. Cause the fir- very first picture I got, uh, he had no velvet and obviously he already broke a tie. so daylight, uh, no. no, no. The only daylight picture I ever got of him was the one I sent you. Hmm. Okay. That's, that's it. And, uh, I don't remember the day I could go back and look, but I think it was, it had to be like mid October. You think? Probably when you got the first picture of him. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. and I, I wasn't too worried about like not really having pictures of him a, because of like we were, we had other things on the docket, like, you know, Kansas and then our South, uh, East Oklahoma trip. And I knew that like the, uh, the previous year, I didn't really get a lot of summertime pictures of him either, but I remember he showed up October 16th in 2021. He showed up, uh, in a field, and that's the very first picture I ever got of him. So I was like, he'll probably show up late to mid-October. And then by the time I got on him in that one bedding area, it was like December, like early December. So I wasn't too worried about it. If he was going to show up, he's going to show up then. If he stayed on the same little schedule or routine or whatever you want to call it. But uh, yeah, first picture was like mid-October, I think. And uh, 100% knew it was him. So, of course, we thought about that deer. Probably you thought about it exponentially, like a lot. When we were on our rut trip, you know, you weren't getting any pictures of him. So, it's like, okay, well, I'm not missing out on him, at least by the cameras. When you got back from our first two weeks of a November trip, you said you waited about three days to start hunting again. When did you you have your first encounter with him? So... Cause let's, uh, just to recap, you only had one encounter with him all last year. Right. Are you, are, are you want me to already get to that? Is there any other part of it that you want to talk about? I mean, I don't think so. I mean, the re I think the reason I didn't get him on there sooner is cause I wasn't, I haven't been the best at setting out like corn and yeah, I was trying. So I was really hoping he'd stay on the same routine. So with that being said, I have, two feeders for both of the two spots I have on that lease. But I didn't want to run them because I was like, I want to keep everything as similar as possible. Like I didn't really set out corn that much in 2021. I dumped in corn piles because for some reason around here, I'm like, you know, I think everybody and their dog has a, has a feeder and I don't want them to associate the feeder with danger. It's like the sound of death. Yeah. That's just what my mind thinks of. And I was like, I don't want to throw a feeder in there and just change up anything about about that little bedding area so uh that's what i did so i didn't have a whole lot of corn out like the whole time we were in uh southeast and then kansas like 
no corn. And obviously, so I was like, he could be in the area, just not walking by the cameras. If I only have two cameras out there, there's a very good chance he's not going to walk by him just out of the blue. So, uh, yeah, fast forward through the little rutcation trip and all that. I spent three, four days getting caught up on work and, and, and sleeping and stuff. But uh, fast forward all the way to rifle season in Oklahoma, I got my Which isn't first. very much – which is not very much longer, by the way. We got back on like the 10th or 11th. That's rifle true. season opens like the 18th. Yeah, yeah. But uh, hunted basically all of rifle season uh, up until the 20th, so I guess like two days. But – I've seen a lot of good deer, but I knew that I wanted to fill my rifle tag. Like I didn't want to like punch a rifle tag and then him be like 300 yards away or 250, whatever it was. And then be like, man, you know, I have my bow, wish I had my rifle. He finally stepped out. So I just wasn't shooting anything. Didn't shoot does, didn't shoot bucks, didn't nothing. Cause I wanted that deer. And how, what were you seeing? Like stuff that you would be happy deer. shooting with your bow? Yes. I passed up my second biggest deer, like, probably two times and yeah so i don't have very many deer like like big deer on the wall uh so like i haven't shot like just a a a number of 120s i don't think i've ever shot a 130 never shot a 140 and then you know i got lucky with that one in southeast oklahoma but other than that like i haven't shot a whole lot like big deer so the ones i was seeing like they were getting my heart rate up Mm -hmm. and i wanted to shoot them but compared to that book you know, if you have a heart, your heart set on something, like it's kind of it's kind of easy to pass, especially if you know what's in the area. Well, that's kind of like me with the <laughs> six by seven, though. Like, right, our, the buck that Carol ended up shooting, I really liked that deer, but I was like, I want to kill this one, mm-hmm. like because I I had it's seen more that, rewarding. Yeah, I had seen that deer all last year when we were on our rutcation in twenty twenty one. I had that buck was blowing up my cell cam. He broke tines like he was mature the, the year before. And then when I got him on the camera the, the next summer, I was like, that's the only buck I care about. I want to yep. kill that one because I yep. know him. I knew he was alive. He lived all last year. I want to kill that deer. And that so, was the same way that you were. Yeah, for sure. Like I seen a, I don't know what that one would be. Uh, I think that one was at least 130. I don't know. I don't think he was an eight. I think he was a 10, but, but he, but he, I, I think he would go 130. Remember that 130 I showed you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was he an eight or a ten? I don't remember because I I, I know I oh, saw you're a big talking eight. about the one that has the big swoops in the front. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know I saw one. a big eight and then 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 like a nice ten, but I was like no, no. Uh, well, fast forward to November twentieth that morning, I seen a nice eight point. Uh, he had like some super chocolate on the bases, like he was just like a cool deer. I uh, didn't have much for brow tines or what or whatnot, but he was the only deer I saw all morning up until about nine 45. And I look to my left out in the field and about 600 yards out, I see just a big body. And I'm like, I don't think that's a doe because most times the does don't travel alone. So it's like either like a spike or uh, I mean, I, I knew it was a buck, a monster so I, body spike. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, when you see a deer that is older than two and a half years old, like right. a body, you're like, I like that. But, we have a few chunks of spikes like out there, like they get fat on the corn. But anyways, I throw up my binos cause I'm like, that's a buck. Throw up my binos and I just see a frame and I'm like, Oh dang. Immediately see the missing, uh, brow tine. And I'm like, that's him. And so he's 
way far out there, like six, 700 yards out. He's walking directly towards me, like maybe a little bit like quarter to two, but for the most part, walking right towards me. And I'm like, he's going to come right here. And so I, I'm not really stealthy because from that far I'm in the timber. I get my rifle and it's a ladder stand. So I'm like trying to like get down on like one knee and, and, and kind of rest it and just get ready. Zoom up my scope and I'm, I'm just sitting there watching him kind, kind of walk towards me a little bit. And he's, he's getting closer and closer and closer. And this boy, this boy looks huge. Like I got a 160. He had like that, that same presence. And I'm like, holy crap. And I like word for word. I remember like, as soon as I seen him, I was like getting written down. I'm like, Lord, I know I'm not the best, but if you'll just please help me with this, just please help me with this one. I've been sinning all year, but make this one happen. (laughs) Yes. I was like, listen, just help me. I need you. Like, help me, help me, help me. I kept saying that. Help me, help me. I'm getting there. I rest my gun pretty, pretty good on my hand. And at this point he's like two, like around 200 yards, I'd say. And he, he's, he's still getting a little closer, but he almost like quarters a little bit more away where he's like looking like he's going to head right towards the bedding, which is only a couple hundred yards. And I'm like, I got a 30 out six. Might as well not like risk him, you know, maybe going into the bedding versus him just trying to get a little closer. So I was like, or, I'm just, or gonna, just it, taking off after a doe. And right. stop on the entire time. And so I was like, I'm just going to end this right now. That's, that, that's my thought. Because I was like, you know, he might go into the bedding and then come right through here. Like, But if he's there 200 yards away with the 30 out six, I think anybody would try to take it. So I had him zoomed up. I was steady. You know, he, he was still like, you know, just kind of slow walking. He was taking a sweet time. So I wasn't going to like stop him or nothing. And I'm on him. I, I feel super good about the shot. Squeeze it, it goes off, and he jumps. But it wasn't like the jump, like, ouch, I'm hit. It was like, what the hell was that? And he bounds like 30 yards into the end of the field, not towards the betting, into the field. So I knew he wasn't hit because I feel like if he was hit, he'd just immediately run into the thick stuff. Yeah, the run of death. I got to get out yeah. of here. Yeah. So um, I, like, immediately try to rack another one because I was like – you know, you know, the motto, like if you can still get another shot in them, get another shot in them. So I go to try to rack it and it doesn't rack. It's like the gun's jammed. And I'm, I'm like, no, like, why would this happen now? So I'm sitting there. I do that like three or four times. What about it is jammed? Like, so the other one's not ejecting or the other no, one's like not, not it, racking. As it ejects, but the bullet was stuck inside the clip for some reason. I don't know if I stuffed too many down in there or what, like. I'm not, I'm not gun savvy. Like if someone's breaking in, I got two guns, either 12 gauge or nine. I know how to use those. Those rarely, they, lo- they loaded. <laughs> yeah. They're good to go. Now 30 out six. That's another story. But, uh, uh, so I, I don't even do anything special either. Like I take the clip out, just press down on the bullets, shove it back in, just praying it works instead of like trying to take one out and load it like single. Oh, that's tough. And it worked. And I'm like, what the hell? And and I get there. And at this point, he's like, just, just kind of like standing broadside, just like looking back at like where he was when the shot happened. And of course, he's like looking at me too, because I'm sitting there like, like an idiot, just trying to uh, rack another one in. And I shoot again. But no, I think he was moving at this time. I don't know. See, it's, it's December 16th right now and this that's this that's like what you a month ago that's what you told me on the phone but let's stop here for a second 
what is the feeling of desperation when it is sitting there trying to rack? Because earlier I, in the earlier yeah. in the season, when I shot my six by seven and the first arrow went in about six inches, I was so panicked trying to get another arrow. You can hear it in the video. I'm like, ah! like yeah. everything's rattling in the tree, and I'm like, give me that arrow. And like I clinked it up, yeah. and I was like, ah! and I got the shot off. What were you? How desperate were you when you were like trying to get it in there? I mean, it's weird because like of the situation, like it's almost like a blur. Like me seeing him was almost a blur, but I remember like my thoughts. It, it I don't know. It's, it, it's kind of weird because like as he's walking in, I was like, I was like, Lord help me, Lord help me. And then as like after I fired the first shot and I was trying to rack another one, it wouldn't rack. I was like, I literally remember thinking, of course this would happen right now. Out of all the times, I like because I, I shot it just two weeks ago, or whenever it was before rifles, just like a few, heck, it might have been the day before rifles. I'm not sure, but I shot it multiple times, and each time it racked. Granted, I could have had more than it was called for for holding bullets in the clip, but uh, I don't know. But finally, I think he was like either walk walking. I, I don't remember, but the, I you told again. me that the, the deer the deer was like slow running at this point. The second time you shot, I believe he could have been. He could. He was been. moving though, for sure. I know you told he me was he was moving. moving. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when I was racking, that's when he was like, like broadside. He because he was looking at like where I shot or where he was standing, and then he looked at me, and I was sitting there racking it, and I took the clip out. And by the time I got it like all situated, he was like moving towards the bedding. That's right. And when he was. I think it was like a slow trot. I, I don't know. I don't remember. But anyways, I shot again at, as he was moving. And I was, you know, tip of the nose. I was leading. Obviously, he wasn't like full-blown running. Shot again, and he, he kind of like took off. Like, obviously, he was scared. I'd assume he heard the gunshot. But immediately, I was like, I didn't hit that deer. I don't think I hit that deer. And so me being an idiot and just flustered and like I had all sorts of emotions going through. Cause I was like, that was the one deer I was after this season. And I just blew it. Didn't wait 30 seconds. Cause I climbed down the tree, walked directly to where I thought he was. Didn't see any blood. Granted it was an open field. So can't really be that accurate. And so what I did is there's like a little fence right there. And there's like a whole lot of like thick brush that grew up into the fence so I get that a hit deer would try to bulldoze its way through about anything to get away. But for the time being, I was looking at the little holes that where I knew the deer were probably jumping through or were just crossing. Yeah. So I walked that up and down that like three or four times and really looked, especially on like the openings and didn't see anything, no blood. And I grabbed my stuff and walked back. And that's when I called y'all and, and basically saying like, I don't think I hit this deer. Well, and you're using a 30 out six too. I mean, I've seen crazier things happen. I've shot a deer in the shoulder and they have ran 50 yards and died and never blood a single drop. And that's kind of what we were talking about. You, when you, we were trying to disseminate from you, how did the deer react but the issue is, is in that moment when you shoot and it's all a haze, you can't, you're, you can't remember exactly how the deer reacted. You're like, did he, no. did he act like he was, well, he obviously wasn't ditch digging or he didn't act super hit. He just ran off and you're like, well, did he act hurt? And you're like, I don't know. I was just trying to shoot him. Like you weren't worried about all that. So it's like, it was hard to get good information about 
what exactly had happened. So right, I, but I rang two shots out. The Hunters Advantage podcast is powered by Out on a Limb Manufacturing. Out on a Limb is a family-owned company based right here in Oklahoma that makes tree stands, saddle platforms, climbing sticks, and so much more. Christian, I have a quick question. What's that? What bites sound harder, a hippo or an alligator? No idea. It's a trick question. The Ridge Runner 2.0 bites harder than both of them. But all jokes aside, we use these products all across the land on public or private. These help us get into any tree we want and hunt where the deer actually are. Most men go to the grocery store for their meat, but these products help you go to God's grocery store. I have used the Out on a Limb Ridge Runner 2.0 and the Shakar Sticks for the last few years hunting public land bucks, and I've actually shot several bucks out of this setup. If you want to support the podcast and get some Out on a Limb equipment, make sure to go to outonalimmfg.com and use code HNTA10 for 10% off at checkout. Once again, if you want to support the podcast... Go to outonalimmfg.com and use code HNTA10 at checkout for 10% off. Now let's get back to the podcast. From what I did remember though, like I, I just remembered like feeling like I didn't hit that deer. And I know that's a common feeling throughout the hunting world. Like I, you it's know, my I, first feeling. Exactly. <laughs> I missed. But for the most part, just like, like just the way he was acting in the short like moments that I looked up from like trying to unjam my gun and stuff like that. Like he just didn't like look hit. He never did that mule kick. And I know a lot of them don't do the mule kick, but you're, I'm shooting a 30 out six that I, I assume that doesn't tickle. So well, we knew you didn't get him the first shot because there's no way he would have stood there right. and let you re-rack. Yeah. So, uh, and that, that's another thing. My first shot, that was the one that felt the best. So, there was that. Well, y'all were like, I mean, after my jumble of a story, uh, y'all were like, well, you probably hit them. Like, with a bullet, sometimes there's not that good of a blood trail, which I agree a lot of the times. But uh, just I just had this gut feeling like, I don't think I hit them. So we all agreed upon, I need to go shoot my gun. Like, don't don't touch the scope. Go shoot it. And that's what I did. I went over to Buddy's house, shot. Uh, I shot at like 175 yards, and he had a pallet set up with like paper wrapped around the pallet. It was like an old like feed pallet, but he had a, like a sticker in the middle. I didn't hit that whole pallet. Brand new pallet, brand new paper, no bolt holes in it. Didn't hit that pallet at all. At, at 200 yards, at 175. 175. How big is a pallet? That's like three feet by three feet at least, right? That's it. It's like maybe four foot, if that. Okay. That's a big target. Yeah. And as soon as, like, cause I shot like two or three times at it and I, and I, I hit it once because the last shot, I kind of went like up a little bit. And plus, I think I pulled the sh- crap out of it and I hit on the bottom left. Mm. And I'm like, wow. And my buddy was like, you didn't hit that deer. And I was like, yeah, I mean, uh, a blessing, but also, you know, a curse. Cause it's like, now I have, I, you know, I wanted to hit it because you, you'd think hit anywhere really with 30 out six, it'd probably die. That's my, or at thinking. least hurt enough where you could get a follow-up shot. Right. But also it's just like, Hey, I didn't wound the deer. So therefore like, I don't have to go trampling through that bedding to look for something that's not dead. Anyways. I get it sighted in. I move up to hundred and at a hundred, like it's closer, but still like way off. Uh, we had to move it like 18 clicks vertically and then 14 or 16 clicks 
horizontally. Now it's an MOA. I don't really, I think it's like a quarter inch or maybe an inch. I don't know per click, but regardless, that's a long ways to be off. And I didn't know this until a few days later, or no, I think it was like the next sit. I hunted that morning, hunted that evening, that next evening. And the next evening I was like, cause sitting there not seeing much. I was like, why was the scope so off? Because sitting after you miss your number one buck, it's dreadful. Cause it's just like, why am I here now? Yeah. I've already messed up on the best buck that I want to hunt. This whole yes. Year. So I was just sitting there like looking at my gun and I'm just like, why? Like, did I, did I jerk? Did like what? What happened? I found out that, like, I don't know what it's called, but the uh, the little ring mount. Scope that holds, yeah, yeah. I guess that was a little bit loose or something because my scope could, like, wobble a little bit. Now, uh, you mentioned something about being able to turn it. I don't know. I didn't, like, try to, like, crank on it or whatever. Like, I'm just wobbling, and I, I could feel like it, it had some give. So I took it back over to my buddy's house and uh, uh, he tightened it down and stuff. He had like all the tools and whatnot. And he was like, yeah, you know, it's pretty loose. Uh, reshot it again. Like, and it wasn't, I don't even think it was off, which is weird. I don't know. I don't know. I don't yeah, know what happened. What I told you though, was like, you talked about the turning thing. Mm-hmm. I had a piece of crap scope on like, you know, like the, uh, everybody's probably seen one of these or probably owns one. One of the Remington like gun kits you can get from like Walmart that come with the scope. Well, mm-hmm. I had one of those and they come with like a piece of crap scope. So you have to like get real far up into the scope to see. And I had one of those one time and I had to, or I shot a deer with it at like 200 plus yards and I hit the deer like three inches below the spine, like middle of the body, three inches below the spine. So, you know, eight inches back further than I was trying and, you know, eight inches high. And I was like, I found the deer pretty much immediately. Thankfully, shooting a 30 at six, but I was like, what the frick? Like what, what's wrong with this gun? And I remember grabbing my scope and just going like this, like the housing, like you were saying, being able to wobble your scope a little bit in the housing. I could just take that scope and turn it in the housing. And that's not even able to wobble it. That's just turn it. Like it was just loose enough to turn it. And that was enough to make the scope off eight by eight, 16 inches. So if you can, if there's this, any bit of this in your scope, even if it's micro, dude, that's enough and, to be off by feet. And typically you side them in at like a hundred. I think, I think the MOA or whatever on the scope is like, like th- this is for per hundred yards or whatever. And I was, Later, I thought I was like 175 after ranging it. Like, because now every time I sit that stand, I I range like literally that spot. And I'm like, yep. I mean, it was like, I think just a little north of 200. So I don't know how, how that, if there's like any exponential like mishap on that, like it just magnifying it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Bigger and bigger mess. So I don't know if it's like that, but I mean, yeah, I for sure didn't hit the deer. And this was before I had a cell cam out in the other spot. Uh, I went and checked another area uh a few days later and he was there that evening so i knew 100 percent i didn't hit nor kill that deer and that was the first daylight you picture you ever got him yeah it, it was on the 20th it was the evening after i shot and he still daylighted so that was a little hopeful yeah that was probably later part of the rut maybe peak of the rut you know in the 20s the 20 yeah it was a 20 yeah. and then 
after that, uh, I set out more corn and I got a picture of them on the 25th of November. In, in not in daylight though, in dark, in the dark. I mean, it was like six 30 or something like it was right after dark, but, uh, since then I haven't, I haven't seen them since. That's one thing we noticed about that deer though, is like, they always look good in the dark. When you sent me the daylight picture, my first reaction was like, that's a different deer. Like, what is this? hundred percent was not. Cause, that, cause and, that's what I thought too. And I literally get on this laptop and I zoomed in until like it was grainy AF, but I could see like a little bit of the brow tines. hundred percent. Yeah. My point with that was that, that like, dude, maybe we've been done it. there been judging it the wrong way, but these deer, they look great in the dark, but when you get a daylight picture of them, you're like, wow, it's kind of like that effect when you've been hunting all year and you're hunting like a deer, you've never got a daylight picture of, and you finally see him during the daylight. And you're like, oh, he's like 10, 15 inches bigger than I thought. He's, 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 he's bigger than I think there wouldn't be any ground shrinkage. That's what I, that's what I'll say. If Mm. I, if I would have shot him, I don't think there would have been any ground shrinkage. Yeah. He's, well, I think we talked about it a little bit more. He was one of those deer that like, you know, you have your, uh, you have your hunting career that lasts for, you know, a few decades. He's one of those deer that like you, he would not, he would fit in your top five. He would have been one for of those a long key, time. Key, the Keystone species members, you know, like, like hey. you get your man cave that gets five deer in it and you're putting yeah. it on there. Yeah. He's that kind of deer. And 100%. he just, and as a four and a half year old buck this year, which is mature. And as a shooter, I guess the hope for you the rest of the year is one, either have him show back up, shoot him with a bow, or two, if that doesn't happen, pray he makes it through. Man, so I know we already had this conversation uh, the other day, but if I can just get one more picture of like, hey, he made it through, because I got him on December 25th, and I think the rifle season ends the 28th or something like that. If I can get one more picture here, here in the next, basically until next year, just knowing that that confirmation that he's still alive, I will be content. Mm-hmm. But that's that's what it's going to take for me to like not be sad about this situation. Yeah, because yeah. there's kind of like you're saying there's going to be that hope of if he makes it through, if he if he made it through rifle season, I'm almost confident unless he gets poached or something. I think for the most part, like late late December, it's pretty busy. You got New Year's, you got Christmas, a lot of family events. For the most people, people a aren't lo- bow hunting anymore. It's a lot of cold. it's cold. It's cold. Yeah, most people are out of the woods. So I'm like, he made it through. If he's still alive, he made it through. Just re up it next year. Try to do the same thing. Obviously, I'm going to implement feeders, but uh, just try to do the same thing, and hopefully, he does the same pattern. I mean, he did it in 2021. He did it in 2022, not as consistent, but he still he still went back to the old stomping grounds. So he also didn't get shot at in 2021, so they had no reason to stop doing anything. Right, but him showing up a few hundred yards away in the daylight that evening, I don't think he was like too startled. Was it that same evening that you got the same shot at him? I shot him out the 20th that morning, and then then he showed up on camera like at 5 30 p.m still daylight or no like it was like 503 actually uh that evening on the 20th why weren't you at the blind that evening 
because I was uh, I was hunting that stand where I shot at him. Uh so he was while you were out hunting. He was just eight hundred yards away. Yes. Sneaky. He would he would have walked literally like maybe forty yards away from that blind. Yeah, yeah, it's painful. Yeah. Well, the last pod that I did by myself, the message was it's not over yet. So a couple things. One, it's not over yet. So this deer could die. He could, he could die this season, but we need some confirmation that this deer is alive regardless. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, I know I already said it, but I will be a okay if I don't see him the rest of the year, but I get a trail cam picture of him. If I get one trail cam picture of him, I don't care if it's at three 30 AM, I would be a okay because, uh, a few days ago, my cameras have been dry as crap. Granted, I have had corn out, but my camera's been super dry. Went out a few days ago. I know I already told you, but for the listeners, I seen a new buck. Never had him on camera all summer or whatever. He could have just been cruising around looking for uh, those uh, those late dough or if they go into rut or estrus again, if they didn't get bread or whatever, however that works. He might have just been cruising. But I seen him a few days ago, and I was in the blind. He walked a few, uh, I think close he got was like 84 yards. And he was just- Your, re- your release, like, by itself, navigated to your D-loop? What? It did. It did. <laughs> it, not not only that, my scope dialed to 84 yards. As Justin as Justin always <laughs> says, you, you heard him at deer camp this season when he said- uh, I'm looking for one of those deer where the, the bow magically jumps in your hand. Like you yeah. look over and it's already in your he hand. Was one like, of he was one of them because I was just sitting there chilling. Like, like I'm in a blind on my phone. I can see a pretty good ways. Right. And, uh, in the blind, there's like, it's almost like a blind spot in the car, you know, like that front left blind, blind spot you get. It was like that. And I just kind of put my phone down for a second. I was like, I need to look around. I go and kind of like lean up and look. He's directly in that blind spot, and he's just kind of like you know how like those big bucks do, like in the timber, they'll like sit there for like five minutes, just kind of peeking their head out of the yeah. uh, of the woods, and just kind of look around. He was doing that, and I'm like, oh, there's a deer. Didn't know if he's a buck or doe. Threw up my binos. I just see a wide like a wide rack, and I'm thinking, yes. And kind of like just saying, one, magically came in my hands, turned on the camera, got it there, and the whole time I was like horrible camera job because as soon as i got on him i was like good enough click 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 on my rangefinder like 20 times just hoping he'd jump from like 90 to 20 yards just magically and uh he just kind of walked walked uh beside because there's a whole bunch of does out to my west and as soon as he seen them he didn't care about nothing else but those does and he made a beeline right towards them but next day i go and hunt the other spot where i got a uh where you shot at the 10. Where I shot at the 10, yes. Yep. And uh, didn't see a deer all evening. And again, How frustrating they, is that in the middle part of December? You're sitting out there in the cold and you're like, why am I doing this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got to kill one. Can't kill him from the couch. But Dang when sure you don't can't see one, you're couch. like, why am I doing this? Yeah, which, I, I mean, it ain't, it ain't terrible. Like, because... If if you're if you don't play on your phone while you're in the stand, if you're like no, I stay observant twenty four seven. You're full of crap. Uh, but you know, 
you sit out there at quiet time, you're on your phone and, and it, it kind of sucks if it's like too cold where your hands get like almost numb. And so you have to like switch. That's what I was doing the whole, the whole evening. So, uh, yeah, it was like 15, 20 minutes till dark. And all of a sudden I hear something like start coming out of that, that, uh, thick stuff in front of me. And it's like, you know how the timber works, like gets darker in the timber before out in the field. So it just right. kind of like a little dim in there. Not, not bad at all. And I see a deer step out and I see like the silhouette of a frame and I'm like, that's a buck throw up my binos. See, it's the big seven because he has three on one side, three on his left side or two. I don't know. Three and two, three, four, three, four. Yes. Math's hard. Uh, and see, it's him. And I'm like, Oh yes. Turn on the camera. Half ass, like get it on him and click, 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 click. He's taken like a weird route. So long story short, just can't, he goes to two different spots and me being a uh, handicapped with glasses, you know, I, heck I need to collect disability at this point. Uh, <laughs> Where's my check? <laughs> yeah, literally, literally it's cost me two deer already this season. <laughs> and, uh, like the rangefinder, I don't know if it's called like aperture or whatever. I just turned my camera on auto on the settings, but it, it's like darker in the, rangefinder than it is actually outside so with me taking off my glasses to like range for a second it's already a little bit blurry so i gotta take a second to focus and then it being already dim it's like okay i know he's gonna walk through this spot but i don't know if this is the right tree that i am trying to actually range so i'm sitting there click 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 42 click again 49 and me shooting that heavy air setup 42 and 49 is the difference between me hitting a deer and me missing a deer as stupid as that sounds but they're really heavy arrows. Uh, but pros and cons. Yeah, click, click, 42, 49. I'm like, I got to get this right. Click again. It was like 49, I think. And But by that time, he's already kind of like walking through that spot. And I'm like, dang it, walks in some thick stuff. I know, I know the route because there's a couple dough that take it. Start ranging this other spot. I think I'm on the right spot. And, and again, it's like somewhere like similar, like 42, 40, whatever it is. And I'm like, I really think that's like 40 yards, but I, I'm sitting there, but I want to be hundred percent sure. Cause I don't want to shoot wounded or shoot and miss and him take off or whatever. By the time I get their accurate range, it's like low forties. I know that, uh, he's already there. Like as I'm ranging, I'm like, okay, that's, that's like 40, 42, whatever it was. I see his back just kind of like walk through and I'm like, damn it. So at this point he's behind me and, or kind of walking a little bit behind me. Uh, and he starts wrapping around and I'm like, okay, he wraps around far enough. I want to have a 25 yard shot. No biggie. Well, I wasn't thinking clearly at the time and I'm like, he's going to win me because the wind's blowing right in my face. And at this point, we're, I guess on the left side of my face and he's kind of back, right, completely downwind. So I can't really see him all that well, but I remember him kind of just stopping and kind of like, I can see his head, like get thrown up. And about five seconds later, he goes, and then starts bounding off back into the woods. And then that was my second encounter with him. This is a, within what, a, a two day period of time? Since I first seen him? Yeah, like you had the first it was encounter. The ne- it was the next evening. Okay. So two days, you've had two encounters with him, one shootable distance. He circles down yes. lane because you can't shootable get a range. Twice. <sighs> Did and he stop when, when he winded you or did he, was he just like, no, nope, he was like mid walk because I had like, 
you can call me stupid, do whatever. But because he was like a beeline towards those does, I was like, he's still a little frisky. Obviously, I like I don't expect him to like attack another buck. But what I did is I set up my decoy over on my left hand side where anything out in that field could see there's a deer right there. Maybe they'd go check it out, maybe not. But he definitely seen that decoy. And I think he was heading to go check it out, which is 25 yards away on my left-hand side. And while he was doing that, he went at me. Mm. That'll get you flustered. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he bounded off and didn't come back out the remainder of the 15 minutes of shooting light. Get down and you heard about it. <laughs> I heard a very, very frustrated very frustrated young man. Yes. I understand. I, I mean, I really do. Remind you guys, I haven't shot one, like I haven't killed one deer this season. Not a doe, not a buck, not a fawn. And and probably you've hunted more than you ever have. I, I know for sure I've hunted. Like e- even when I was like 14 and didn't have anything to do, I hunted a lot. Granted, it was one spot every single day, but I've, I hunted more than <laughs> I did when I was like 14, it had nothing to do this yeah. year. And I've killed zero deer last year, hunted quite a bit. I killed a doe and a buck. Mm-hmm. So the amount of sits I've, I've done and the amount of meat I have in the freezer, it, it, it doesn't add up. Well, I think because of this, we have the juxtaposition of having a bad year, having a good year since we've been through so many of them. What's what's the, what's our new saying about hunting out of out of state and and, and shooting deer? So, uh, private land, which our lease would be considered private, obviously. Yes. But private land kind of have that target buck, so really wouldn't change anything about my private land hunting. But it would sure help if I had my like a Kansas deer already, and we had that opportunity in Kansas. You had a mid one twenties. I think I had a mid one twenties, both of them out in front of us, shootable distance. And we ended up passing it because we were hoping for something bigger, which is not a bad thing. No, but kind of like I mentioned earlier, like I don't like, I have four shoulder mounts. I have a handful like euros, but nothing like that. One twenty five, uh, and he was an eight point in Kansas. That, that was a brand new state on public. And, I would have been happy with that deer. That would have, if if it was actually 125, it would have tied my second biggest deer. Mm-hmm. I didn't shoot it. Which has made us come to this new phrase, which I like to call, I know it's revolutionary, early and often. Shoot early a deer as early as you can, and if it's not on private, as often as you can. You know why? Because shooting deer is fun. It is fun. That's why. It is fun. That's why we do it. So far, that's if you guys listen to the podcast, you guys watch on TikTok, this is all we think about. And when it's actually time and you don't shoot something, you're just like, why? What am I doing? What am I doing wrong? Yeah, it trust me, I like going hunting as much as anyone else, but I love flinging arrows. Yeah, and I could sit here and be like, you know, hey, you know, I'm just a classic example of, you know, it's okay, you know, if you know, you hunt, you try. It's okay if you're not successful. In a way it is. But dang it, it sucks. 
and you want to try everything to not be in this position. Because I have three tags, three buck tags. Four, still, I can shoot five does, one in Kansas, four in Oklahoma. And I got three bucks, two in Oklahoma, one in Kansas. And I haven't filled a one of them. And it's December 16th. Well, that early and often doesn't mean it. That doesn't exclude December. So if we see a nice one in Kansas, early and often is getting stamped right on the forehead. Yeah, 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 it is. Uh, which I don't know if we're getting into that this podcast or next podcast, but all our plans for Christmas. We'll talk about that at the end of the next one. Okay. We record. Yeah, we'll talk about some old uh, old Christmas plans of what we're going to do. Um, but so, okay, hold on. Okay. I, I, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm thinking about ordering like, like a Santa hat on Amazon and going out there Christmas day sometime and busting a dough. And then after I bust one, look at the camera and be like, we just got some ho, ho, hoes. Get it. The does. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're willing to buy a cheap Santa suit, I'm I, I, I'd film that for you. Is that not pretty funny though? It's yeah, it's pretty funny. You you're gonna spend a lot of a decent amount of bread for one moment though. You better hope you get it right. No, I, if anything, I just buy like the Santa hat, Santa hat and the beard maybe. You can get those at Wally's. There we go for cheap. Um, well, that's gonna wrap up this episode of Hunt Talk. This is episode 15 of Hunt Talk, talking about pretty much Jake hunting all the way from Thanksgiving or sorry, uh, all the way from mid November to now, since he's been pr- pretty much the only one really getting after it hard. Yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Thank you guys for listening because it could have been summed up in five seconds saying, Hey, I hunted from here to here. Nothing shot at a deer. Didn't yeah, work. Literally saw another one. Didn't work. Thank you guys for listening. That's, that's what it could have been, but it's not going to be because you guys love hunting just like we do. And you want to hear us go long, drawn out, talk 45 minutes about one singular deer. So that's what we're going to continue to do. Um, Hey, if you guys are listening to this on Apple podcast or Spotify, we're starting to put out, this will be actually the first podcast that we put out on video version on YouTube. So go check it out there. Um, It'll be there pretty much every single week now from till the end of time or till one of us passes away or something. But anyways, appreciate you guys for listening. We're going to catch you guys in the next episode. Jesus loves you. Bye. Thank you guys so much for checking out the Hunter's Advantage podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to the podcast. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you in the next episode.